Warning. The following contains biblical content, raw gospel, sudden and spontaneous worship, and something not preached everywhere. The Word of God. This is church formatted for the internet. Coming up next, now here they are, saints on a mission from God. because what I do is I quiet myself and you know and it's like you started out with here um, let him speak as the oracles of God I remember looking up the word oracle you know that means you're basically speaking his voice that's right you know and it's like what an awesome what an what an awesome responsibility you know I mean it's just uh, and that's and that's yeah and that's yeah, well, and, and, and I don't, uh, we don't take it lightly. I mean, well, no. but, that's, but that's, yeah, that's why I wanted to, you talked about, That's what we should have an opening prayer, which we can, but I would add that to it each time. Well, this one here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I love that. Um, wow. Lest, lest we wander off the. Yeah, I know. You know, you know it's so interesting. <laughs> or, or as you pointed out so eloquently last or today's podcast that's coming out tonight, you know, in the beginning and then in prayer inside that, you know, that we want to lift people up, yeah. not tear down. Right. And and it's it's hard not to do that, you know, if once if you let yourself get caught up in all the all the battles basically, that's what they are, battles going on. You know, like Joyce Meyer says the battle the battle the battles of the mind. You know, the battles are in the mind. That's right. You know, I always think about when I'm uh, um, getting ready for this. It's like, you know, it's it's so amazing because I spend that morning, I spend that time with him. And then right before you come, or just like right now, it's like, he says, yep, I'm here with you again. And I just get kind of, I get goosebumps. You know what I mean? Yeah. I literally, it's like the spirit. And, and I just want to cry because I think it's such an awesome responsibility and the topic of sharing uh, what is heaven or hell, and uh, or is there a heaven and is there a hell, and what right. are those places like? Right. And I wanted to share later, uh, as we're discussing it, I want to share, you know, like Cheryl's last days that she was alive, as she was going in between heaven and earth. Right. You know, as she was, and describe what she was saying about, ooh, I get goosebumps. Right. I'm just... I'm just Yep, just I uh, just get wrecked. Just I mean, a, I just get wrecked because it's so real. You know, it is so real, and for us to uh, uh, to even get a chance to talk about that, met with a grief support group yesterday, and a, a guy was telling me that a word that struck me, um, and it's uh, it's a word for today, is to to be in awe, to be in awe mm-hmm. of Almighty God, awe. To be in awe when we wake up in the morning is to be in awe that it's like, look at he brought another sunrise, another morning. He did. He just keeps it, you know, the moon at night. He just keeps it regular on a twenty-four hour basis, and you can just count on it. To be in awe as a child in awe, mm-hmm. and you know me with acronyms, awe. Yep. Awaiting a, 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 a winsome. Do you know what the word winsome is? I was reading that in the. Uh, well, that's yeah. Sounds like a good one. What is it? Yeah, winsome <laughs> is a word that stands for um, one who is attractive or appealing in character. Oh winsome. boy! 
And that's who God is. That's who Jesus is. That's who the Holy Spirit is. Winsome. Awaiting a winsome encounter. A-W-E. That's to right. To stand in awe. And it's just like, I, uh, so do you want to open in prayer or do you want me to open in prayer? I'm just. Yep. Sounds like you're uh, on the winsome road. Okay. <laughs> Father, we just thank you and praise you and glorify your name this day. What an awesome responsibility to share your love with the people on the internet that hear our voice, that we would be, uh, we would be uh, clear and we would give you glory because of how wonderful you've been in our lives, how you've saved our lives, how you've given us eternity, how you've given us Jesus, Father God, how we were created in your image and how Jesus, you gave us the Holy Spirit to teach us all things and to be able to do all the things that you've called us. So we just commit and dedicate this time to you, Lord, that all we speak, we would be the very oracles of God, Lord. And uh, I want to pray, add this to the prayer. Our prayer over the PGN church staff is that if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God, which is actually the voice of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies then in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the forever and ever. We just submit to your spirit, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, and we're at a title for this uh, this one. Where where will I spend eternity? Wow. Because that implies that we're all going to live forever. Right. And we are on earth, but for a short period of time. But where? Do we go when I die? Right. Yeah. And and uh, I looked up the word eternity. What that what that means is that there is no end. No end. No end. It's forever right. and ever and ever. And just that word eternity really impacts on me. It's where am I going to spend eternity? Where? That that's the greatest question we have. You know, everyone I talk to also is like, well, what happens when I die? Is there a heaven or is there a hell? What is next? Where do I right. go next? Or we hear, hear a lot. Uh, they're definitely certain they're just going to return to dust, and it stops right there. That's it. Just return then, to the earth. Then that raises some questions like, well, then why? <laughs> why am I here? Why am I here? <laughs> and then we uh, give it out what, he's been, what he tells us. Right. God. You have a text message. I have a text message. God fills empty vessels, and which I said just before the break, and uh, but He can't fill you if you're full of yourself. Wow! So that brings us to why <laughs> we're here, and uh, and wow. just trying to, uh, like the prayer prayer said, speak speak as the oracles of God, not of ourselves. Yeah, you know, yeah, our goal is to share Him. And the, the depths and the and the breadth and the uh, how he how he fills us up with his love. Number one, with his love, and out of his love we regain strength. And out of his love, we're able to share with others. And uh, it's we're compelled. It's like uh, it's like uh, in the New Testament or when Paul speaks. He says, Paul says, I have to do what I do. I am compelled to share. The gospel. I am compelled to share with others, mm-hmm. and it's like it isn't compelling, like it's a job or anything. We love it. We love to do it. We love to share Him because He's changed 
everything in our lives. And he wants to change everything in each person's lives that's even listening to is that he wants you to be full and he wants you to be complete in him. Mm-hmm. And he wants you to know that you are enough in him, that you are complete in him and you can depend on him and you are enough and that he will give you the strength to uh, to deal with everything. And so uh, the topic today is, is there a heaven and uh, is there a hell? Right. And the answer is, yes, there is both. And what does the Bible have to say about this? <laughs> heaven is a term in the Bible which describes three different spheres of existence. The word heaven sometimes refers to the atmosphere surrounding the earth. Other times it refers to outer space where other planets are. Lastly, heaven is described as a dwelling place of God and those who live with him. This is the heaven we all describe. Uh, this is the heaven we, that we will be describing. Yeah, heaven is the place where those who are not destined for hell will live after death. In the New Testament scriptures, it is clearly described as an actual place and not a state of mind or being. So what will it be like in heaven? What will it, what will it be like? How is it described? How is heaven described? Yeah, I guess it could I think about be best described by an actual experience. Right. And, and I'll think and I'll uh, discuss. It's like I'm, I'm, I've always remember being taught, well, it's uh, streets of gold. Yes. Yep. But uh, what, I, what I wanted to share, because the most vivid example of heaven was in the last three days that my wife was alive on earth. And uh, we were, uh, of course, we prayed every day and we knew where she was going, where she was going. But in the last three days, I'll never forget um, I, what, what I realized is that the, the veil between heaven and earth passing from one to the other is very thin because my wife was going between where she was in the body, in her, in the ICU room, mm-hmm. and then going into heaven. And she would describe it. And I, I just get goosebumps thinking about it because she would point up in the air to mm-hmm. the ceiling and she would say, don't you see them? And I said, see who? She said, don't you see the angels that are in heaven? And there's Lexi's guardian angel. And I'm talking to the guardian angel to, to take care of Lexi when I'm gone. Mm. Oh, and, yeah. uh, and, uh, and she said, yes, he was going to do that. And then she says, can you see the beauty? She says, can you see the vibrant colors and the flowers and the colors that you can't even imagine? She said, can't you see, can, can you see them? And the beauty was just overwhelming her. And she said, oh, I can't wait. I mean, it was like, I love being here. So she would be going, uh, she'd be in heaven, and then she would come back, and then she would talk about it. And she had a big smile on her face and was like, it's real. I mean, she was, she was God's oracle. She was representing heaven and describing it to me. And uh, uh, a pastor that was uh, a, a good pastor friend of mine mm-hmm. who was there too, and so it's real, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's a place where you want to be, where there's no, there'll be no more tears. There'll be no one crying. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more illness. There'll be no more grief. There'll be no more uh, uh, did, uh, uh, 
being dejected or rejected. There'll be uh, no more dis anything. There'll be no more discouragement. There'll be no more disease. There'll be no more uh, 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 abandonment. There'll be more, no more. It's going to be, we're going to be fully integrated and be with him for eternity till the end of time. There is no end. It's time. There is no end. So I don't know if that helps, but I experienced that with her and, and uh, I realized how close heaven is. It's not like uh, going to and from. She she uh, described it right really well. It it's very close. Very close. Yeah. I mean that it can you know dimensionally or however we try to justify right. it in yeah, our because minds. Our mind, but, uh, yeah, because our mind can't. I right. Mean, how do how do we put our mind around right. something like that? We can't. No. But it's, all I can do is just be a a recorder. I'm a recorder of what I heard and what she said. Right. And what I experienced, and I experienced overwhelming joy and peace in my life. And this is the last couple of days that she was alive. And I experienced that because it was supernatural. It's supernatural God coming and being supernaturally dwelling within us and telling me it's all good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all good. I'm good. I am what I, I am, who I said I was. And this is a real place. Yeah, just... Uh... Yeah, you said it was yeah like a you know like a veil that you know you could see behind or yeah. you know as as Cheryl got closer she could see right through it is veiled to those who are perishing you know that, that perishing meaning not uh, you know not not surviving with with the help of God right. you know um, trying to do things on on our own or or get our own ideas on how this overall thing should work. And they're perishing, as the Bible goes on to say, un- unless the light of the gospel is shown upon them. And how, how do they see that light? Right. Yeah, because I, I didn't grow up uh, going to church. I didn't, grow, I didn't grow up in a Christian family. I didn't grow up going to church. And I never even heard the gospel until after I had graduated from college. So I was like 24, 25 years old. Well, it must have been like 26 or 27 when I finally heard the gospel, and it's like, God, you know, I didn't know this, but God was preparing me because I had tried everything on my own. I had tried everything on my own, and uh, my life was a mess, and I didn't know what to do. I had no idea what to do. I didn't know why I was even, why was I on this earth? What was my purpose, and uh, what what was I to do to have a happy life? And there were no answers anywhere until men came to visit me, and uh, they invited me to, uh, I'll never forget it, the uh, old Grace Par- Grace Bar and Cafe on First Street in Duluth here. And uh, they had me come. Uh, they were saying, if you have any questions about the Bible, just come. You know, just come, and we'll answer any questions. And I, I didn't have any, I didn't have any, uh, I didn't know the Bible at all, so I, I went there the first day, spent an hour, and then I was drawn back to go day after day after day. I said, well, what does the Bible say about this? And what does the Bible say about that? Because I was drawn to them because they had the Spirit of God in them. They were already saved. They knew where they were going. And they spoke with a confidence and a love that just overwhelmed me. It just it just overwhelmed me. And it was finally, I, I said to my wife, I says, I got to move out because I got to find out who this Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't stay in that relationship uh, in the uh, house we were living. So I moved out to the Human Development Center. All that uh, 
human nature and, and human philosophy and teaching can give you. And um, it didn't help. It didn't help our relationship because it was like we were beyond that. And, right. you know, and I, and I didn't know what to do. Uh, so um, in the last counseling session that we were getting together to either divorce or to separate, um, things changed in the room. Uh, because of some things that my wife had said, what her encounter the night before, where God had said to her, I've been waiting for you to come back to me all these years, and uh, trust me, and I will take care of you, and I will take care of uh, the situation uh, at the counseling session where we we're going to get divorced or, uh, or that. So during that time, the atmosphere in the counseling session changed completely, and I didn't know what was going on, and I just started shaking my head. And the uh, counselor asked, well, what's going on, Sandy? And it was at that point is I heard a voice and it said to me, mm -hmm. do not harden your heart, Sandy, but trust in me. And I thought, I, if you could see my face now, it's like I just, oh yeah, I didn't know. Uh, yeah, I've heard testimonies of a, a voice in a, in a car at a certain time in this person's life and, right. and different things. And uh yeah, well, he's and and it didn't come from the radio, right? I mean, it's uh, yeah, it wasn't coming from anything else in the room, right? Except from him, and uh, I realized right at that instant that I was encountering Jesus Christ in as most direct, supernatural, personal way that I could have, and that's what he had to get my attention. And w when he said that, it was like, Lord, I, that's what I said. Forgive me that I have not. Uh, I have not believed in you before or followed you or knew any of those things. Please forgive me. And right at that moment, he saved me, you know, says, I forgive you. And he saved my marriage right on the spot. And I'll never forget it. It was January 28th, 1977. Right, right. And I'll never be the same since. I've never been right. the same since then. But that's how real he is. And that veil was lifted right, right there. there. Right yeah, there. because I didn't understand. I mean, I, I couldn't right. understand. And uh, even going to hear the Bible day after day or, or, or asking those questions, he still had to, with me, he had to reveal himself personally. I didn't even know who he was until he uh, he spoke to me. I didn't. I was seeking after him, uh, but I didn't know him. Yeah, we have this, uh, yeah, facts section we wrote in here. Okay. You know, and... Uh, there we go. Yeah, the reason I put that there, and I see you comment, commented in there, great... Um, is because, uh, you know, we're, we're in a programmed programming world. Yes. <laughs> oh, and, and, uh, you know, where you can say, I believe in God and the next person can say, I believe in God, but they believe in two different gods, totally thing, yes. total different thing. Right. And, uh, and that's, that's where the programming and the deception, um, comes in. I, I wrote down this uh, trying to describe that kind of situation, uh, you know, because uh, so many find the abhorrent at A-B-E-R-R-A-N-T. Yeah, aberrant. Aberrant. Right. And call it good. Yeah. And aberrant isn't normal behavior. No. And... Yeah, and, and then look look at the synonyms that follow on that one. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, Everything opposite of God, right? And they call it good, and uh, but the facts are, yeah. God hates sin, and that, and He hates sin. 
you know, God can hate. And uh, the other facts are yeah, when, when God you, loves you. Yeah, when, when, you, when you wrote that, yeah. that God hates sin, you know, I could, I could say at that point before I met him that I loved my sinful lifestyle. I loved the partying. I loved the... Uh, aberrant. Uh, yeah, the aberrant behavior. I loved it. Right. You know, right. it was like... Uh, but, you know, as my therapist, my counselor told me later, he said, well, or he always asked the question, well, how does that, how's that working for you? Well, it wasn't working for me. No. I was a mess. I didn't know what to do. I was in despair. I was desperate. I was in despair. And, uh, but I didn't know any other way of living. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what to do. It's like uh, in, in Solomon describes uh, in Ecclesiastes, how mm -hmm. does he describe what, what life is? All is vanity. It's all vanity. That's right. It's all vanity. It, it has no meaning. It, there's there's nothing that's going to help you. It has, there is no, um, there's nothing to feed your spirit, is what I would say. There's nothing, right. there's nothing in life that will feed your spirit, what life has to offer. Uh, nature, which was created by God, feeds our spirit because he, he created it for us so that we could enjoy it. Yeah, one of the misconceptions is... Uh... You know, people reading through the Bible or whatever, God hates sin. He does not hate you. Amen. That's right. And and yeah. when I that that was another thing I listened to a uh, a long long talk on uh, how there's many ways to heaven and and you know the the old wheel spoke spoke thing. You know, there's, right. there's many ways yeah. to heaven. They even use that <laughs> that as a uh, illustration. And I knew I was in trouble right then. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they they all missed that spot where uh, you know why why Jesus died. I mean, they it's to eliminate the sin from 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 us. Exactly. You know, not the world. Right. Because we're going to a better place where sin cannot stand before God. That's right. So the sin is shed by. Um, God calling us righteous, dying for our sins, in like no other being in the universe could ever do that. Right. Yeah, Jesus took my place. He took our place. He took all that sin on himself so that when God looks at us, right. as we've surrendered our lives to Jesus, he sees us pure and righteous as he saw his son Jesus. Right. And it's like, Hey, get that, folks. Try, try, yeah. try to let that one sink in on you. Plus, that he, he sees us without sin. He tells he us, us in the Bible, "You are holy because I am holy." Amen. That's right. Exactly. And that's that's where all these talks, all these other religions, just do not get to that spot. No, they don't. They don't. They don't have. There isn't a person. They'll agree that in the crucifixion. They'll agree in being rose again. Right. They'll agree on on every aspect of the thing but uh except for for that piece exactly that's right which is everything that's right and god loves you god is love we were created yeah by him and for him and to share that love with all and god is sharing that love wants to share that love with us for eternity for eternity that's why kevin and i like to do this we like to share that because it's for all eternity. And once you've received his love, once once you, people that are out there that are trying to find love, his love will never end. And he's always putting his arms around. Every time I spend time with him, at the end of the time I spend with him, 
He always says at the end, he always says, Sandy, I love you. You are my son. It's like, wow, that's how important I am to him. And when people ask me, um, you know, that uh, ask me, well, how important are you? You know, I says, well, I'm, I'm important because God the Father paid the price with his son Jesus dying for me. So that's what I'm worth. That is what I'm worth. That's why Paul says there's nothing, again, what we've been saying all along, nothing more important than the gospel. That's right. Than that, that message. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Nothing. Right. In this, in this day and age, thousands of years ago, it's, it remains the same that that, until Jesus comes back. Yeah, I was listening to, uh, um, I was in a discussion last night, and a person brought up something that they grew up with that, uh, always stuck on her mind was uh, she said uh, she was told by uh, I might have been her uh, pastor brother is uh, he said preach the gospel preach the gospel preach the gospel mm -hmm. and, and if necessary use words right <laughs> <laughs> I love it because people are looking at us it doesn't matter what we say is like do we believe that he died for my sins that he rose again and that we can have peace the people see love coming from us. That is it. Right. I mean, that's it. If they can see love, then God says, yeah, I'm love. You can't love others until you let me love you first. I mean, that's what he says. So it's like, and then it's endless after that. Okay, you pour it out. He says, well, I'll give you some more. And you can never out love. You can never no. give out more than what he what he can give you. I mean, he just it's just constant. So I like it. But people look at us by what we do. Not necessarily the words that we're using is by by but our actions. Are we showing kindness to people? Are we showing respect? That's right. Are we speaking and telling the truth of what people need to hear, not what's programmed or not what uh, uh, the enemy wants to get us to believe in all the other ways? Right. It's like there is only one way to the Father, to Father God. There is yep. only one way. And a good question is, uh, who told who told you to believe that? Right. You know, who who mm -hmm. told you that you are not equal? Wow. Let that one sink in a while. So what is what is hell like? I don't Yeah, wanna, I was just gonna ask you. I don't want <laughs> I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but but uh, um, the Bible speaks a great deal about hell. You know, it is a place that the devil and demons inhabit, according to Matthew twenty five, verse forty one. And it is such an awful place that to be that Jesus said it would be better to cut off your hand or gouge out your eye rather than go there. There is crying in hell, Matthew 22:13, total darkness in hell, Matthew 25:30, and is described as a lake make, made up of fire and brimstone in Revelations 21:8. The fire in hell is unquenchable. Unquenchable and cannot be put out and causes intense pain and agony, it says in Matthew 13, 50. Doesn't sound like a good place. No. And, and, uh, and Revelations even talks about uh, that uh, burning lake of fire and brimstone. So it sounds like it's even another place, you know, that, that current hell where that, is, <laughs> that we just described. Um, everyone in there, demons, um, will be thrown into the lake of fire and that was a place reserved for i guess those re that rebelled in heaven where a third yeah. of the angels is that 
that's right. Is it were cast out? Yep. Yeah, they were thrown out of heaven. Yep, that's right. And realizing, uh, this is another sobering thought um, about the judgment. There will be a judgment. We will be judged. That's right. Matthew 12, 36 and 37 says, you can be sure of this. That's pretty clear. You can be sure of this. You can be sure. Yep. When the day of judgment comes, everyone, that means you and I and everyone listening, will be held accountable for every careless word he has spoken. Oh. Your very words will be used as evidence against you, and your words will, de will declare you either innocent or guilty. Everyone will either take up residence in heaven or hell. We've described what heaven is like, and we describe what hell is like. And I, I agree with you. I want to I want to uh, concentrate on heaven. That's right. Because that's where there'll be joy, and uh, we'll be we'll see the glory of God. We'll see it'll be bright, and uh, we'll see people that have gone before us. You know, we'll see Abraham. We'll see David. You know, we'll see Moses. I was just reading about Joshua. We'll, we'll see Joshua. We'll see all of our relatives. I'll see my father, who I prayed with him ten days before he died when he asked me. Hmm. You know, I, I asked him, where are you going to where are you going to spend eternity? Where are you going to go after you die? And he says, to heaven, I hope. I said, do you want to make sure? And I let him in, in a prayer. And I know that I will see him. And that was on Friday the 13th. I'll never forget it. You know, the unlucky day, the luckiest right. day yep. of all. Friday yep. the 13th in 1980, uh, November 13th, 1987. So I know I will see him again. That's right. And there isn't anything... There isn't nope. anything better than knowing that I'm going to spend eternity with my loved ones, right. the people that we, I, I share with. And we're told we are, we need to, we, we're told, we're commanded to share the gospel right? wherever we go. And the Bible even states, I think, Book of John, that uh, these things I have written to you so that you may know. Yes. That so you may know, realize. You may know. See beyond the veil that you have eternal life. Yes. Wow. I I am wrecked right now just hearing that. That's right. That's, that, right. that's what he that's says. Right. You will have eternal life. I mean, we're only on this earth. I'm 70 years old, and that's what it says, three score and 10. I've reached that uh -oh. right now. I've yep. reached that. Yep. Plus one. But that's why every day is a blessing for me. It's another day to share his love with another person on that I meet in the skywalk or on the street, uh, in a grocery store or wherever I am, I have the ability, I've been given the chance to share his love, which is, uh, we all need. We all right. need. And it's like, this is a free gift. That's I mean, right. You know, what I'm doing right now is I'm, I'm going like this. I got my hands moving and I'm saying, this is a gift. Receive it. It's there's, free. There's one You thing. didn't earn it. Yeah, no. There's one thing we all have in common that cannot be escaped, mm -hmm. and that is death. Mm -hmm. I looked up the exact figures in the past, I, and you can do that by uh, going through a lot of, of uh, mor morbidity websites. They, mm -hmm. they, there's one there that says um, how many people are dying every... Every second? I mean, yeah. I think it's live or something. I don't know how that works, but uh, anyway, there's a death rate, and then it brings to mind how many know Jesus. Wow. And how many do not know Jesus? And you can calculate it down to the uh, minute. How many every minute move to eternity? Either heaven or hell. And the question is, will it be heaven or hell? What does that number look like? 
Well, I don't know. I think it was every minute. I mean, this was a number of years ago, but it was like 27 souls. Every minute. Every minute. And so, uh, as I was reading there in Matthew, for any careless word we've said, or what we haven't done is to share that good news with other people, uh, we're going to be responsible and accountable for that. But he gives us the strength to do it. All we have to do is trust him to lead and do that. That's right. And bringing people into the kingdom for eternity, which is forever and ever and ever. Amen.
Pure Gospel Network is an intergenerational, Christ-centered, not-for-profit internet mission church, a network of believers from many different backgrounds who are passionate about reaching out to others. Your Voice in the Wilderness, a church online since 98, now known as pgn.church, operates 100% on your tax-deductible donations. 